This is Condopedia. Here, we talk about everything related to condo law in Ontario, with hopefully some humor mixed in. Hi, listeners. Uh, for this episode, I have Jen Davison coming back to this podcast to talk about the question, what decisions require the involvement of owners? Now, I'm sure some of our listeners are aware, uh, for condominiums in Ontario, uh, they are democratic entities whereby the owners elect a board of directors to oversee the management of the condominium corporation. It is then up to the board of directors to make many of the decisions regarding the affairs of the condominium corporation. So then when do owners come in with respect to decision making? Jim, can you first give our listeners a brief overview of this issue? Uh, yeah, David, I'm delighted to do that. Thanks very much. Um, well, so to begin, there's a large body of law. In other words, uh, there are a large number of court decisions that deal with this issue. So to begin, it's important for me to say that each case will very much depend upon its specific circumstances. And each case will also depend upon the governing documents for the particular condominium. In other words, the condominium's declaration, bylaws, and rules. But here are some general principles that I can start out with. Under Ontario condominium law, many decisions, I'll say most decisions, fall within the board's mandate, or in other words, the responsibilities of the board. So the board has to make those decisions. And this is because condominium boards are generally responsible to decide how to keep the common elements reasonably safe and boards are also generally responsible to decide how to maintain and repair the common elements. Um, the board is also required to take reasonable steps as determined by the board to enforce the requirements of the Condominium Act and the Corporation's Declaration, Bylaws and Rules. So, David, I think of it this way. The board is responsible to decide how to safely preserve things as they are in accordance with the requirements of the Condominium Act and the Corporation's Declaration, Bylaws and Rules at a given time. Uh, and, and the board is really elected to fill, fulfill this preservation obligation. Uh, so then, Jim, when are owners involved in making a decision? Well, the owners are typically involved anytime something optional, an optional change is uh, being considered or needs to be decided. Could you give some examples? Sure. So let me start with some of the more obvious examples, beginning with changes, optional changes to the board of directors. So the owners, of course, elect the board. Uh, the one exception is that as long as there is a quorum on the board, the board can appoint someone to fill a vacancy on the board until the next AGM, when the vacancy would then have could be filled by election. Uh, but in, again, in general, the owners elect the board members. Another example, owners choose the auditor. So if there's going to be a change to the auditor, this involves the owners. Uh, the owners vote usually at each AGM to appoint the auditor for the condominium for the coming, uh, for that particular fiscal year. Uh, let me give another example. Uh, changes to the condominium's declaration, bylaws, or rules. Those obviously require owner involvement. Now, the level of required in owner involvement is very high for a change to the declaration, which requires written consent from the owners of either 80% or 90% of the owners, depending upon the nature of the proposed change to the declaration. 
The level of required owner involvement is also quite high for a bylaw change. Depending upon the type of bylaw change that is being proposed, a bylaw change requires a vote with either the owners of a majority of all units voting in favor, that's for most bylaws or what we call regular bylaws, or for other bylaws, uh, what's needed is the owners of a majority of all units at a meeting must vote in favor. That's for a particular small subset of uh, new types of bylaws that were recently introduced. Um, many types of business in Ontario condominium law uh, requires authorization by bylaw. So owner involvement is uh, obviously needed for those types of business because of the need to pass a bylaw in those cases. Uh, finally, a change to the rules, as I said, also requires owner involvement, either an ordinary vote at a meeting to approve the proposed rule change, or alternatively, there must be a 30-day notice to all owners, which gives owners that 30-day opportunity to request a meeting to consider the proposed rule change, again, by ordinary vote. Under this notice procedure, a meeting of the owners is required if the owners of at least 15% of the units request or requisition, in other words, a meeting in accordance with procedures laid out in sections 58 and 46 of the Condominium Act. Now, now Jim, you've mentioned something interesting. So you've mentioned an ordinary vote. What do you mean by that? Well, David, an ordinary vote just means that you first have a validly constituted owner's meeting with a necessary quorum, which for most condominium meetings is 25% of the units represented either uh, by owners or proxies. And then the business is decided by a majority of the votes cast at that meeting. So in other words, an ordinary vote just means that the issue is decided by a majority of the votes cast at a meeting, meaning that abstentions are essentially ignored. People, uh, people who decide not to vote, that's just ignored for the purposes of an ordinary vote. So for example, suppose a meeting has been called to consider a proposed new rule to prohibit smoking in all of the units. And suppose it's a 100 unit condominium and 25 units are represented either in person or by proxy at the meeting. That means you have achieved quorum. Suppose then that the chair calls for a show of hands to pass the rule and there are two votes in favor, one vote opposed, and everyone else abstains or in other words decides not to vote. So the rule then is passed two votes to one, a majority of the votes cast. So it's clear that owners are involved in a lot of the decision making, particularly at annual general meetings or changes to the governing documents. Jim, are there other sorts of changes that require owner involvement? Yes, another key category of business requiring owner involvement is a physical change to the common elements. So a physical change to the property that is the common elements. As some of our listeners may know, the common elements are those parts of the condominium property other than the units. Condominiums can have residential units, commercial units, parking units, locker units, and other types of units, all of which are owned by one or more specific unit owners. The common elements are everything else and the common elements are owned by all of the owners as tenants in common. So if there's to be a physical change to the common elements, 
talking about a change here, there are fairly intricate procedures that apply under sections 97 and 98 of the Condominium Act with different levels of required owner involvement depending upon whether or not a proposed change is considered substantial. And so this term substantial is in the Condominium Act and in general, not exclusively, but in general, it depends upon the cost of the change. Now, some changes are proposed by the condominium corporation, like adding a new swimming pool. Some changes are proposed or requested by owners, like decks, fences, sheds, or satellite dishes in townhome condominiums, or balcony enclosures or balcony flooring, for example, in high-rise condominiums. Now, there are somewhat different requirements that apply to changes proposed by a condominium corporation and changes proposed by owners. Most changes proposed by owners require the board's consent and sometimes the involvement of all owners in the decision as well. And for changes requested by an owner, there typically must be an agreement between the condominium corporation and the owner that must be registered on title to the owner's unit. In a future podcast, maybe I can talk a little bit more about the requirements uh, that apply to common element changes requested by owners. So for now, let me get back to changes proposed by a condominium corporation, or in other words, by the board. When a condominium corporation is considering any proposed work, any proposed work on the the common elements, the first question is whether or not the proposal involves a change. Remember that the board is generally responsible to decide on repairs and maintenance. This is something that I talked about earlier in this podcast. Sometimes proposed repair or maintenance can appear to involve a change though. So then the question becomes, is this proposed work only repair or maintenance to be decided by the board? Or is there a change uh, that is also happening here that requires owner involvement? And sometimes there isn't a clear or easy answer to this question. So here are some examples to explain. Suppose the board proposes to enlarge all of the rear decks, and suppose those rear decks are common element, portions of the common element. Unless these enlargements are necessary for reasons of safety or repair or maintenance, this looks like uh, these enlargements are probably optional changes that would likely require owner involvement. And then we'd need to figure out the estimated cost of the change to determine the level of required owner involvement. There's another example. Suppose the board proposes to convert convert a common room to a gym. This again looks like an optional change that might require owner involvement, again, depending upon the estimated costs. Um, Changes of color or design can also sometimes require owner involvement. And those sorts of changes can present special challenges because people have such varying tastes when it comes to color and design. So some creative procedures like holding a vote to authorize the board to make the decision or to appoint a committee to recommend options to the board uh, to uh, allow the board to come to his decision can sometimes make sense in those sorts of cases. Here's another tricky example. Suppose the attics of a townhome condominium are common elements, and suppose the corporation's engineer says that the original insulation in the attics needs to be upgraded 
to protect against ice damming on the roofs. Although this proposed insulation upgrade is arguably a change or improvement, I think this is more likely part of necessary repair and maintenance falling within the board's responsibilities, particularly given the engineer's recommendation that this work be done. Again, there are now a number of court decisions dealing with these sorts of issues, and the courts have generally said that changes needed for repair or maintenance reasons, particularly changes recommended by an expert, typically fall within the board's mandate or responsibilities, and in fact should not be put to a vote of the owners. I think of it this way, David, a vote of the owners only makes sense when a no vote would be reasonably acceptable. If a no vote, on the other hand, would prevent the board from fulfilling its repair and maintenance mandate or from following expert advice or recommendations, I think this normally means that a vote should not be held. And now, I want to stress that this doesn't mean that owners shouldn't be informed in those cases. In almost all cases, it will make sense to keep the owners informed, and it may often make sense for the board to consult with the owners before the board makes its decision. But my point is that some projects that look like changes may still fall within the board's mandate. And before ending up here, David, I want to repeat again, each case will depend upon its unique facts and the governing documents of the condominium. After all, the law never seems to make these things particularly easy. So there you are. Well, thanks, Jim, for all those interesting and helpful points. Uh, definitely, I'm going to take up on your uh, mentioning of a future podcast about common element changes, and maybe we can also talk in the future about what repair and or maintenance can mean, because I know that those can be areas where um, further insight could be helpful. For but sure, David. Thanks, I'm delighted. Thanks for coming in today to talk to me about this point, and uh, I'm sure <laughs> you'll be on again very soon as well. Okay, thanks again, David. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. Conopedia is brought to you by Davidson Hu Allen, a boutique condominium law firm servicing Eastern Ontario. You can find more about our firm on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, or on our website at davidsonconolaw.ca. This podcast is for information purposes only and is not intended to provide legal opinion or advice, which cannot be given without knowing the facts of a specific situation. Use of this podcast does not establish a solicitor and client relationship. The intro and outro music is provided by Purple Planet. You can find them at purple-planet.com.